your hour of drive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of thrive time. And folks, I got to share with you, I am thrilled about what you are going to hear today. I work so hard on bringing great quality content to the show, and I believe it's working based on the feedback that I'm hearing from many of you. The content that I continue to deliver week after week is so helpful and inspiring to so many that I am so uh, so thrilled to know that the work that I'm putting together is helping many of you, and that's why you continue to come back. So once again, if you are joining us for the very first time, let me just say Thank you for joining our program. I enjoy having brand new people listening to the show week after week as we continue to expand our reach, not only locally here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but now our show because of the syndication that it is uh, enjoying nationally. I get to touch people nationally around the country and also globally as many listeners now are listening to this program on a global scale through our Listen Live uh, opportunities on all of our stations. So thank you for joining us for the first time today. You will find that this is the place that you're going to want to visit week after week. And for those that are joining us, I appreciate your support for listening to us over and over again. Today's show, my friends, is going to be jam-packed. It is one of those shows that I consider the analogy of packing 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. <laughs> it's that type of day that we're going to have because three amazing people are going to join us to pour value not only in their own thrive-minded perspective and their experiences, but each of these individuals brings a different flavor of thrive-minded value to the show today in three different regions. We're talking about NASCAR, we're talking about real estate, and we're talking about the world of taxation and Uncle Sam and things that are happening here as we're in the middle of tax season. We're going to hear to one of, from one of our, our national sponsors and our, our pros and subject matter expert in the field of taxes. But my first guest, which I'm, I, I've, I've had to to bring him back. Jesse Iwuji is not only one of the most popular NASCAR drivers on the circuit right now, but he is the newly found co-founder of the newly organized, the new NASCAR team division called Jesse Iwuji Motorsports. And what a fantastic story to hear from not only a currently uh, an active naval officer, but also someone that has been able to launch a fantastic NASCAR driving career over the last few years to the point that he is becoming a household name, and now he's partnered up with Edmund Smith, the former Hall of Fame running back from the Dallas Cowboys, and together those two brothers are making things happen in the world of NASCAR racing, but also in the world of inspiring others to reach for their dreams. We're going to have Jesse Wuji on the show in just a little while, and we're also going to hear from, as I mentioned earlier, Jack Lotteryman, CPA's firm, his representative who's been on the show before, Adam Cohen, is going to talk to us about what do you do, what are your options and choices when you are behind on taxes. Now, I, I've been in the world of business and the world of finance for a very long time, folks, and I know there are many business owners and individuals also that are so far behind on taxes that they are trying to figure out how do I get out of a hole where 
Adam Coleman is going to be with us today to share with us what are the options that the IRS offers you to get out of a debt hole that may be strangling you and creating anxiety in your life. We're going to hear from Adam in a little bit. And then wrapping up our show, we're going to have yet one of our national sponsors also on this show from 180 Relocation. We're going to hear from Lindy Chapman who's going to give us more insight on the ebbs and flows, the emotional ebbs and flows of not only life as a realtor, but also as someone who relocates, people who are are involved in, in a relocation process right now. What are the emotional ebbs and flows? Lindy Chapman is the perfect person to speak about that because she has the experience from both of those perspectives. Not only a realtor, but also someone who's relocated a number of times herself. She's going to come back on the show. We've got a jam-packed show, folks, and we're going to kick things off right after the break. Tired of the corporate grind? Have you ever considered owning your own business? This is Irving Chung. I'm the founder and CEO of Fran Guidance, and I can help you take your financial future into your own hands. There's a proven and profitable franchise business in nearly every category and budget. Contact me today for a free consultation at franguidance.com. That's F-R-A-N-G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E.com or call 214-908-9791. Considering a move but confused about the process of buying or selling a home? Well, you're not alone. I'm Lindy Chapman and moved a dozen times, including internationally, before a particularly challenging move to the Dallas area. This inspired me to get my real estate license and to build the 180 Relocation Group brokered by Real. Whether you are an individual looking to buy or sell or a company in need of employee relocation support, contact us at 180relocation.com. We understand the challenges and are here to remove the guesswork and provide the services you need when life requires a move. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales mastery.com welcome back everyone to the jay mamie talk show on the line right now i'm excited about our first guest i mentioned earlier there's some people that are just so stellar in what they do that their story has to be not only told once but told again and again because it always unwraps more messages more lessons and and really to be inspired by what they're doing is something that is, is worthy to learn more about them as they're continuing to develop their own story. And that's, that's the case, as I mentioned early in the beginning of the show. Jesse Wuji is not only the first and only actively serving U.S. Naval officer, but he also is the only one that competes in the NASCAR as well. He's the co-owner of Jesse Wuji Motorsports, which is partnered with the Hall of Fame running back from the Dallas Cowboys, Emmett Smith. But he's also a NASCAR driver analyst for NBC Sports. He himself is a keynote speaker who speaks about inspiring and motivating others to achieve a greater version of themselves. He's certainly doing it. He's living it out. So we're excited to have Jesse Wuji back on the show. Jesse, welcome back on the show, brother. Thank you for having me on the show. I tell you what, Jesse, you've got so much going on, and you and I were having a chat right before we started to uh, to, to go on air here, and 
I mean, right now at this time, you're actually conducting this interview as, as you're heading towards the airport to fly out to the East Coast to handle some some work there uh, on the racing circuit, and you're all over the country. I, I guess my first question to you is, and I'm, we've got a lot to unwrap here. We want to dive into the new company that you formed and and this new relationship with Emmett and all these incredible things you're doing. But before we dive into that, one question for you, brother: How are you managing so much activity? Uh, even from the last time you were on the show, so many things have happened. So many good things have happened for you. How are you able to manage so much activity that's happening in your life right now? Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a lot of activity for sure. Um, you know, since we last spoke, uh, we were able to form this new race team with Emmett Smith on board as one of the co-owners um, of the team. And, it, you know, we made the announcement uh, late summer last year. And since then, it's been a grind just to get the team together, get the equipment together, get the people together and put it all together so that we can actually get on track and race. Um, yeah, it, it's been incredible to kind of see how the whole thing uh, play out and all the great support we've had from our great partners, Equity Prime Mortgage, Chevrolet, Coca-Cola, um, and some other folks who have been on board to help this journey. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, um, it's been fun, uh, challenging, um, uh, character building, <laughs> A lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, to manage it all, really, you need a great group of people around you. Uh, I'm definitely not doing it alone. Um, I have a great agent who's also one of our co-owners, uh, Matt Castro, uh, you know, Emmett on board as well with his wisdom and his connections, his network and everything he brings to the table just for, for who he is. Um, uh, Mike Antonucci is also uh, one of our co-owners as well. You know, all these folks, uh, Edward, who, who we brought on board, uh, he's, uh, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, uh, dealing with the operation side of things, just bringing on really just good, solid people on board to form a good team. That's the only way you can have any kind of success is just having a good, strong team, which is the foundation um, mm-hmm. on, on building anything that you want. So um, it's definitely not something I can do alone at all. So I'm happy to have these folks that we've been pushing, pushing, pushing. We've had we've had ups and we've definitely had downs, but no matter what, you know, we we all know that life rewards those who stay strong enough, long enough. Oh, I like that, brother. Life rewards those who stay strong enough, long enough. That's a mic drop right there, Jesse. That is a mic <laughs> drop, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Two years ago, and I, I heard you speak about this. I saw one of your posts, and it's amazing. Uh, it's it's amazing journey. Two years ago, you're serving our nation. You're a naval officer. The last thing on your mind was not only NASCAR, because you didn't have any prior experience uh, at all, but let alone now you are – co-partnering with one of the most famous football players in the NFL history in your own driving uh, NASCAR team, in your own company. Walk us through how did that happen from two years ago until now the fruition of this incredible opportunity? Yeah, um, you know, just from a few years ago, you know, me just figuring out a way to try to make it through to, you know, now being able to partner with them. It really has just been a grind and just, you know, figuring out how to be as resourceful as possible, trying to make the most of uh, of every opportunity um, that that would present itself. Um, you know, I, I'm a you know firm believer that when you're going after any goal and dream, you, you first got to visualize it. You got to clearly have it in your mind. But once you clearly have it in mind, at that point, you got to put action towards it on a daily basis. And you're not mm-hmm. always going to see like the fruits of your labor um, uh, early, and you're not going to see that. You're not going to see. Um, you're not even going to see uh, a lot of progress sometimes early. You know, sometimes it takes a while, but you have to put that constant action every single day, and then all of a sudden the tree starts growing. 
Um, you know, it, it, when you're trying to build a skyscraper, uh, the, the higher you want to go, the deeper you're going to have to dig. And that's what we had to do, you know, in the early days, we didn't get anything going. And then once we started getting some traction, we started figuring out ways to be resourceful and think outside the box. And by thinking outside the box, a lot of to connect with Emmett and share our ideas with them on what we wanted to do with this team and this platform to not only uh, compete on track, but to also build a platform that's an opportunity-generating system, something that could create opportunities for all different walks of life who would have never thought they'd have the opportunity to be in motorsports, whether they have military backgrounds or, you know, they come from uh, different diverse backgrounds, whatever it is, we wanted to figure out different ways to provide that, and the only way you can do that is if you have ownership. So that was a big part of this thing. So instead of just figuring out a way to just only, you know, find partners and sponsors and this and that and just go race for other people's teams, let's have our own team, own our own team, and be able to, uh, you know, have say-so on what we do with it in, in order to affect positive change in this world. So um, that's what we've been trying to do, and, and we finally now put it together. Now, are we at where we want to be? Nope. We still got a long ways to go. But um, we're all willing to put in that that energy and that 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 grind to to make things happen and and get this to the level that it's always meant to be. You mentioned earlier about character building, and I, I want to spend a little bit of time on that, Jesse, because there's a lot of folks who get involved in business. They don't they don't make it because along the way they either throw the towel in too soon or they weren't really prepared reasonably for the challenges, or or quite frankly, they just don't have the stamina. I guess that's where the character is developed. What would you say in the last six months when, when you really started to put the pedal to the metal on, on this new venture in your life, what have been those character-building moments that someone else listening to you right now can relate to and it can encourage them to keep going? There's been a lot of uh, character-building moments uh, throughout this journey, um, and not only just in creating this new race team, but me just even getting my foot in the door into NASCAR and being over the race period in NASCAR, being a guy who was coming off of a warship with no experience at all in racing, except, you know, the different track days that I did with my personal cars at local tracks. Mm -hmm. Besides that, I I didn't have racing experience. So I had to grind to figure out how to find the time to do it, how to find the money to do it, how to find the resources, the people, how to find all the different things necessary just to kick off my racing career. I mean, getting into racing is, is, is the same process as any entrepreneur takes to get their business going because racing is a business. The fun part is just getting to compete on competition days. But besides that, it's all business. So um, everything I learned there, that, that was all the character building stuff. And when you're going on in a journey in life towards any goal, um, there are going to be many dark places during that journey. You're going through a very dark tunnel on, on your way to gold, and, and the, the bigger the goal, the longer that tunnel might be, the darker that tunnel might be. But as you're going, the reason why you even step foot in that tunnel, this is what people got to remember because they tend to forget it, that's why they quit, is you have to remember that you clearly had a vision of the ultimate goal of what you're supposed to accomplish, who you're supposed to be, all that stuff. You clearly have the vision before you even began. That's why you began. So you, you clearly you have the vision. You see yourself doing what you're supposed to do. So that means the deal is already done in the future. Like, it's already done. That's why you see it, because you're literally looking into the future and you see it. Now, as you go through that tunnel and it's super dark, people tend to quit because they can't see it anymore. They can't see that goal anymore. It's not there anymore. It's not clear anymore because it's pitch black. But they're forgetting that that light is at the end of the tunnel. But you're not going to see it. You're not supposed to see it anymore. You're supposed to keep on crawling through that dark tunnel. You're supposed to trip 
You're supposed to fall. You're supposed to get hit. You're supposed to get beat up. You're supposed to get kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen because it's super dark, but people quit and or they go back. They'll get like a mile into that tunnel and then walk all the way back to the beginning. Like, just keep walking. You might be inches away from the end. You got to remember that. Like, as dark as it's going to get, even at night, what happens at night? It gets super dark at night. What happens at the darkest point of the night? The sun rises, right? So, mm-hmm. so if the sun rises every single day, why would you quit on your goal when you're going through this dark tunnel? The sun will rise again. Like, you will get to the end. You will get to the light as long as you just don't quit. Like, you know, uh, um, Denzel Washington said it best. He's like, look, Sometimes you just got to keep showing up. Like, imagine in the barber shop, right. keep showing up at the barber shop. Eventually, someone's going to give you a haircut. You know, you just got to keep showing up. You got <laughs> to keep grinding. You got to keep pushing. And, and like I said earlier, like, it's not about talent. It's not about um, skills. It's not about money. It's not about whatever. It's all about just staying strong enough, long enough. Justin, let me ask you something, brother. By the way, that's powerful mic drops, knowledge bombs, left and right. If I was taking notes, I'd run out of ink. I'm telling you right now, that was just awesome. But I'm <laughs> so let me let me share with you a few things. I know uh, sort of this road that you're traveling where in early on you've got a dream, you've got a vision, you've got this this game plan, but then you have to convince others to buy into it. I know that's all about, I know a lot of our listeners have been through the same experience and some have knocked it out of the park, some have still struggled, but you've been able to, and for lack of a better way of saying it, persuade and convince Equity, Prime Mortgage, Chevrolet, E-Racing Associates. I mean, these are major corporate sponsors that bought into your vision early on when they're outside of, of you as the individual, there really was not a whole lot of track record uh, to any potential success they can have or return on their investments or support. What did you say and, and, and how strong did, did your message have to be in order to persuade these, these sponsors to believe in you? You know what? Um, you know, when talking to different partners and sponsors, you know, our, our message to them and, and what we um, talk to them about and what we're really giving them as far as when it comes to ROI we don't like the on the track experience and you know having your logo on the race car and being able to get all that branding all that stuff's going to come all that stuff comes you know with it i mean we're, we're on tv we race on tv great but that's not our really our major selling point our major selling mm-hmm. point is really the ability to leverage this story leverage this journey leverage what we had to go through and how it resonates with people and how it brings people together you you being able to um leverage that for the uh for whatever uh, the for whatever the companies are looking to uh to market right so like with equity prime mortgage you know obviously they 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 sell mortgages and they help people empower people to um uh basically get their dream homes you know and and what better way to empower people by giving an opportunity to own something own a home right get into real estate how, however it mm-hmm. is now um uh, they're they're all about empowering people and, and getting people to live out their dreams. That's something that that's part of, been part of my message pretty much my whole life, but definitely over the last six, seven, eight years, um, getting into racing and, and being able to empower people, help people reach their goals and dreams. So we share that same authentic message. Uh, not enough people have that same ability to share that message authentically. So yes, Equity Prime Mortgage could go partner up with you know this person or that person or this person, but would they really share the same values and it wouldn't be authentic nowadays when uh, the, the, the consumer consumers out there nowadays want to see 
authentic fit. They don't want just anybody just to step in front of them and say, hey, you know, I'm the face of this brand because I'm the face of this brand, and that's it. If it's not authentic, people don't care anymore. They don't. They just don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. They want to see something that's truly authentic. They want to hear from someone who really, truly shares the same values um, uh, and, and, and ideals of that company and, and, are, and are pushing the message that they truly believe in. And if they and people can step it out if they if they if they if that's not there. So we've been able to formulate great strong relationships with our partners because everything has been authentic. We don't just partner with any brand just to partner with any brand. We want to make sure that it's authentic, that we can speak to the message authentically. Um, yeah, there's there's things that are unique to me that uh, other drivers don't have as far as like you know the military experience and all that. There's all different kind of things that I bring to the table that, you know, other drivers, that, that's not their swim lane. You know, there's other things that other drivers have that's their swim lane that I don't even bring to the table. We all have something that makes us authentic to particular brands that we partner with, and that's what we, look, we aim to do because that's what's going to make the most successful relationship. And when companies are able to basically utilize that and leverage my story, leverage what we've got going on, leverage um, uh, our plans that we have to, to, to empower other people, that's what really makes these relationships and partnerships uh, special and, and, and creates a create something that can be long lasting. You know, Jesse, I, I, I want to wrap up in our last couple of minutes here on something that is just resonating in my mind right now. And it's just repeating in my mind as I'm hearing you speak, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who they, they strive to do better. They have big dreams and or at least they, they have big dreams on paper, right? Cause everyone can have a big dream on paper, but I think the difference where the winners are, are separated from the whiners, the novices from the ninjas, the mascots from the masters, it's, it's your heart, right? You have to have heart. And I, I can't imagine that any one of those sponsors would have ever given you a second look. Even Emmett, I heard, uh, I was reading what Emmett was writing about you, and Emmett himself said, look, I, I had a chance to spend some time with his brother, and I could see that he is the real McCoy. And I could see that we both have uh, the same, uh, we're both in the same alignment when it comes to our passions for doing better and for providing value and change in the world. That's heart, brother. you got to have heart. And it doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter what your product is. It doesn't matter if you've got the next greatest service or, or innovative idea. If you don't have heart and if people don't see that, that you're in it to win it, and, and you're all about doing what's right for people from a good place, from a genuine place, I think you won't find yourself being supported as much as you can be if you just bring the heart into it. And I think that's why you're doing what you're doing, brother. And I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And, yeah, it's about having that passion. It's about having that heart in everything we do, about being authentic with it, um, and, you know, just putting your all in it. At the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, it, it really truly takes action. you got to, you know, a lot of people maybe think about it forever, then they'll get stuck in this whole analysis paralysis stage where they get paralyzed mm-hmm. but it's continuously and analyzing and analyzing and analyzing and thinking and thinking and thinking and maybe writing 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 and then nothing ever happens right you got to put that action you've got to take that first step not be scared and just straight up jump i i, I tell people when you're going after whatever goal and dream you're going after in life you're not going to have it all figured out it's not going to be perfect when you start as long as you just have somewhat of a parachute um and a bag it, it doesn't have to be packed properly just Grab it all and jump off the plane, and now you have a time limit. You've got to figure out how to pack that parachute right and get it ready to deploy on your way down. And if you don't, you're going to hit the ground hard, and you definitely want to survive, so you'll figure it out. But if you sit on that plane the whole time, you'll never get the thing done right. You're going to be always trying to get it perfect and never jump, and then the plane will eventually land, 
and nothing will ever happen, and you're going to be sad and regretful at the end of your life. So just go for it. Jump, take the parachute with you, and figure it out on your way down. Well, listen, brother, your future is super bright. I said that when we first spoke six or seven, out eight, nine months ago, and, man, who would have thought that eight, nine months later you're running with your own company, co-partnering with Emmett. Uh, you've got a great team of people around you. Matt Castro is awesome. So I wish you the very best, Ben. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Well, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Brother, we're going to have you back because I got a feeling in one year from now it's going to be a whole new story to tell. So I appreciate your time, man. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Your passion is your business, not the tech. Union handles all of this for you so you can focus on what you love. Give us 15 minutes and you'll get mobile ordering, loyalty, scheduling payment processing, and more at no cost to you. Take the Union Challenge for free and see how much more money you'll put in your pocket with our solution. Go to jointheunion.com to get started now. That's jointheyounion.com, jointheunion.com. So you've built a successful business? Now what? Transform your successful business into a valuable business. That's where Dumont Capital Partners comes in. We've built a step-by-step process designed to drive up your business's value and give you back control over your time. Whether you want to sell for a premium or just know that you could, Dumont Capital Partners will give you the life and business you deserve. Contact us at valuebuilderus.com. That's valuebuilderus.com. Do you find yourself feeling sluggish, stressed, foggy-brained, or need focus and clarity? MacArthur Accommodations can help you get on the right track to begin your healing today from the inside out. We specialize in helping you to reflect, recharge, and renew yourself one step at a time. Come join our immunity community at immunityforlife.net for free tips, discounts, upcoming workshops, and a list of our services. back everyone to the Jay Mamie Talk Show in studio today. I'm really excited to have a conversation with one of our returning national sponsors. Jack Lotteryman CPA is one of the most recognized tax firms here in Arlington, but he does work all around the country. In fact, he does work all around the world. They're tracked down by people globally uh, here in Dallas to do their tax work. That's how popular they are, and that's why they are national sponsors of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. And back in studio today, we have Adam Cohen, who's the manager of that firm. He's just a a guy full of wisdom. And if you haven't had a chance to hear him in our prior episodes, I'm going to encourage you to go to the jmamietalkshow.com and grab the episodes with Adam. Funny guy with tons of wisdom. He's one of these individuals that's actually a CPA with a personality. (laughs) So we're happy to have him here. We're going to talk today about something that's so important, as I mentioned in the opening, How do you deal when you are behind in taxes and the stress that that puts on your life? So, Adam Cohen, welcome back on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. I'm glad to be here. It's always a pleasure. Adam, we're going to dive right into that because you and I were having a conversation about that very same thing not too long ago. And right now we're in the middle of tax season. Sure. Right? And the fact is whether people are listening to the show now in the middle of tax season or six months from now, anyone who owes taxes uh, and is behind, they're concerned about what the future can hold. So let's first address how bad can it get for someone who's behind and what 
if you're behind one year is one thing. How bad is bad when you are behind a number of years, right? Right. What defines bad? Because then I also want to talk about what do they have as options to get help? Sure. All good questions. Well, bad is always going to be based upon the situation for the individual. Uh, there are really bad situations. Here's the prime example that I used to see all the time. Mm -hmm. You remember the 07, 08, 09 market crash? Right. So many people came out of that with years of unfiled tax returns that I helped uh, try to fix those things up through 2013, 14, 15, because they just simply didn't have the money to pay. So they thought, well, I'll just wait to file. One more year goes by. Well, I'll wait one more year to file. I'm still not in a good spot. Things will be better next year. Things will be better next year. I can always mm -hmm. get caught up. Mm -hmm. What they don't realize, though, is that every year that they're going unfiled and unpaid, penalties are racking up. Mm -hmm. Interest is racking up. The IRS is getting more aggressive. And there's less time on your side to work with in terms of getting your records straight. And you probably are losing your records the longer time goes on. So most of the time, you're dealing with somebody who's self-employed. Right. Six to eight mm -hmm. years of unfiled tax returns, mm -hmm. zero records or very little records. Mm -hmm. And so we have to go back and attempt to reconstruct, get those all filed, and then deal with whatever the mess is as far as the big tax bill. It could be very small. And in terms of the IRS, that's something less than $25,000. Or it could be something very large, which is something greater than $100,000. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to deal with anything at any one of those levels. The question is, what can that person do? financially because you can't you know squeeze blood out of a turnip right mm -hmm. you can't uh you can't make them come up with more money than they have so in terms of dealing with the overall debt there's really three options there's the option a which is pay it off over time and there's a lot of different ways to talk about doing that mm -hmm. option b is you simply cannot pay and there's no way you'll be able to at least for the foreseeable future and the irs says okay we're going to leave you alone uh, the clock's going to keep uh, ticking away in terms of our time period to collect, but the penalty and interest are going to continue to accrue. And so what happens is basically you just sit back and wait and see what happens. If your financial situation changes, you might be able to pay something. Eventually, the IRS's time clock, what they call the statute of limitations on collections, that runs eventually. They usually have 10 years from the time the tax hits the books to collect the tax. And then the last one, which everybody used to hear about all the time, you heard about it on late night TV, settle for pennies on the dollar, uh, come tell the IRS your sob story, and, and maybe they'll settle for less money than uh, what you really owe them. That program exists. It's called an offer and compromise. Okay. And so it's worthwhile to, to look at whether somebody would fit into that situation or not. We're going to dive into that because that's interesting. I want to revisit those options. But before we dive into that, let, let's talk about the accruing taxes and penalty, uh, interest and penalties, rather, on those right. returns. I, I've heard from a number of people in my own business dealings with clients that uh, the frustrating part about is, is the, the ongoing accruing of the interest and the penalty. The, the, uh, the interest is one thing, but the penalties is what they feel is so unfair mm. um, because if you are already in a situation that you owe taxes and you're in a debt hole, the in, the, the compounding interest and the, the, the accruing of penalties only makes it worse. Absolutely. So they talk about abatement. Explain what abatement is. Sure. So an abatement would be 
you do truly owe the penalty. Uh, there's, there's no argument for having it removed. And what you're asking the IRS to do is to take it off the books, given a certain set of, set of circumstances. And there's two main paths for that. There's what's called first-time abatement, mm-hmm. meaning you've never had this kind of penalty before. And in the preceding three years, and they just take it off as a matter of rote. They don't ask any questions. They just say, okay, it's gone. The other side of that is what's called a reasonable cause abatement. And reasonable cause is, is really worth delving into in detail because there's so many types of penalties. We're just really focusing on individuals here, but there are penalties for all kinds of things, not filing 1099s, not filing W-2s, et cetera, et cetera. And they can be very massive penalties. And there are rules for every single one of these penalties. And if the IRS didn't follow their guidelines for what they have to do, or if you don't meet the criteria for assessing that penalty, there can be external factors that influence whether or not you have to pay that and whether the IRS has to take it off their books. Mm -hmm. It requires a lot of analysis and and it, it really could also be as something as, as simple as, and it's, this is not to devalue the situation, but if you have cancer and you're having to make the decision between paying for your medical bills or paying your taxes and you chose to pay your medical bills, hey, you know, that's a reasonable cause mm-hmm. for not having to uh, pay that penalty. Sure, you owe the tax, you owe the interest, but why should you be, be penalized when you were having to make that life, you know, that life decision? Okay. And that happens a lot. Okay. Tornadoes. Uh, other other types of wow. natural disasters, wow. the winter storms that happened here last year, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Okay. How successful can someone expect to be if they attempt to file for abatement, in your opinion, what, what you've seen? Sure. Well, I would say, again, it, it depends upon what the penalty is and what the facts are. If you have good facts and if it's a penalty that's worth getting abated, in the normal uh, operating season, which we are not in a normally right, operating season mm-hmm. with the IRS right now, mm-hmm. that would be, I'd say, at the first bite at the apple, a 50-50 shot. Okay. Because it's easier for them to rubber stamp no than it is for them to say yes. But if you appeal that initial decision and you do get another bite at the apple, that appeal can usually have a much greater chance of success, 70 or 80% chance. Okay. It's almost never a Slam dunk. Okay. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, though, that if you are a first time, uh, if it's your first time requesting an abatement, that there's a there's a good chance that because it's your first time, and I, I would imagine depending the size of the abatement, too, there is a more likelihood that it would be abated? It's It really doesn't even depend upon the size. They simply look at, have you had this penalty? And in this situation, I'm talking about failure to pay or failure to file penalties. Okay. In the past three years, if you haven't had that, they wipe it out. Wow. Yeah. Guys, see, this is why we have Adam Cohen on the show today. I know I'm hearing hallelujahs all over the place right now. That's right. Uh, fantastic. We're going to have Adam's information on our website, folks, for you to reach out to him because this is a, uh, this is a, a knowledge bomb. Forget about a mic drop. This is a knowledge bomb. But you mentioned way back in the beginning of the interview that if it's under 25000 or if it's over 100000 what is the threshold where you start to, and obviously a, a million or more, 500000 or more of, of prior tax debt is going to get the attention, but what's the reasonable threshold where you're going to have the, the IRS start to look a little further into your returns if you are behind? Right. And, no, that's a great question. 
and and again, or, or nor, normal under ordinary operating procedures for the IRS, what that would be is if you're over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars owing, automatically they're going to send somebody out what they call a field collector, which are known as a revenue officer, mm-hmm. either out to your house or to your business or any other number of places. Back in the day, they used to send them down to your bank and have them hand deliver a levy to your bank uh, to process. They don't do that as much anymore. Of course, with COVID and, and all the other things, they, they're really reeling mm-hmm. from the whole process of being shut down and reopened and shut down and reopened. And so I don't know of any field collectors with the exception of uh, employment taxes that are owed that are actively going out and trying to collect. So you're going to get letters and you're going to get uh, lots of threatening letters. That's mm-hmm. basically the end of it. Okay. Uh, but if you're under two hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. If you're under two fifty, I'm trying to think of the next threshold. A hundred thousand or more. Okay. There's a there's a chance it goes to the field, but perhaps not. Down to fifty thousand, you're talking about a lot easier chance of getting into a payment plan, and right. whether they ask. Cl- questions such as a collection information statement, mm-hmm. if they want to know what is your monthly budget look like, mm-hmm. down to 25000 they pretty much put you on a payment plan, no questions asked, as okay. long as uh, you can make the payments. Okay. As to whether that they go back and look at other years, those are two completely separate departments, Okay. and one does not necessarily influence the other unless you're you know, being combative. Okay. And let's talk in the last few minutes here about Fresh Start. We hear a lot about this program, Fresh Fresh Start, especially right after COVID. Sure. What What is Fresh Start? How does it work? Who would qualify? Fill us in. Well, the first thing to know is it, it's not new. Uh, it's been around for a long time. The Fresh Start Initiative was the full uh, name of this. And the idea was they were making the rules easier uh, in terms of getting into payment plans getting into offers and compromise, those settlements mm-hmm. we were talking about. And they were also making it easier to qualify to reduce your penalties, uh, the penalty abatement. So all of those things, there, there was a, uh, a push by Congress and, and by the IRS itself, by the, uh, the internal office called the Taxpayer Advocate Service. They have a national office and they make recommendations to the IRS every year. Mm-hmm. And some of these recommendations were taken up. Basically, the idea was, Let's make it easier for taxpayers to resolve these things and move on with their lives. So it exists, and it's worth taking a look at, but basically it means the rules are easier than they used to be. Okay. Yeah. So people can reach out to you. Do you you help with the Fresh Start initiative? I help with anything under the sun dealing with tax debt, business and personal, trusts, estates. Anytime you have an audit, I deal with those as well. Wonderful. Adam, where can people reach out to you, the office, to get a lot more information? I have a feeling you're going to be swamped. <laughs> I, well, I hope so. I want to help people. You can come to our website, DFW Tax Team. That's T E A M, DFW Tax Team.com. Or you can call the office directly at 817 231 0666. I know it sounds like tax devils, but I promise you we're, we're doing good work. Well, we're going to have you back again next month to continue this conversation. You are a national sponsor, so there's a lot, of, lot more to learn, a lot more ways to help people that are in this, uh, in, the, in the jam, and are interested in learning about this whole complex world of taxes. So, Adam, we appreciate being on the show. I appreciate you having me. Good to see you, folks. We're going to be right back after the break. Are you having a hard time finding commercial funding? Is this challenge stalling your business goals and dreams? 
At JRF Financial, we specialize in getting your commercial funding and challenges resolved because we work with the largest SBA lender in the country. We work with over 33 different types of alternative lending and can fund anything from equipment to real estate. So don't let funding challenges stop you. Call JRF Financial at 844-484-6248 or visit us at jrffinancial.org. Have you gotten behind on your personal or payroll taxes due to COVID-19? I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Resolution Manager at Jack Lauderman CPA. The collection arm of the IRS has resumed enforcement action. You may have received demand letters threatening liens or levies. Our firm specializes in resolving complex tax problems. There are options available. Go to txcpaoffice.com and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's txcpaoffice.com. Tom Sheehan here. I founded Union out of anger after witnessing the mistreatment of local small businesses that had served my, for many years, my Chicago neighborhood before the pandemic. These great businesses had never needed tech and were forced to close their doors because they had no digital solutions to service their customers. Truth is, big tech promises returns with no solutions for small business owners. We created the union's digital platform to fill that void for small business. No promises just results in more money in your pocket. It's so simple, you can be up and running in 15 minutes. We don't charge businesses a penny for a web store or a mobile app that allows you to serve your customers the way they want to buy from you on their phones. Your customers will pay less, business owners will make more, and the money stays local. For listeners of the show, we're offering a free business course to make it even easier to go digital. Get started now at jointheunion.com. That's jointheunion.com slash jmamie. Jointheunion.com slash jmamie. Back everyone to the Jay Mamie Talk Show yet again in studio. We've got another phenomenal guest. One of our national sponsors is back yet again to continue to share wisdom with us with what's happening in the real estate market right now, which there's a lot happening in the real estate market. So Lindy Chapman is the founder and CEO of 180 Relocation Group, powered uh, powered by Real Broker, and she's here to continue to develop this ongoing story of what's happening in the real estate world. So buckle up, guys. We got Lindy Chapman back in. A house and she is on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. It's she's good to on be here. fire today. So, so, Lindy, let's let's dive right into this because one of the one of the conversations I've had with a number of others that are in the real estate world, professionals, um, is they're going through right now an, an emotional ride, right? <laughs> You've got the ebbs and flows of things that go great, things that can go bad. It's taxing. It's emotional, not only for the professional or realtor, but also for the buyers. It's a very emotional time. So I want to spend our time today talking about uh, those emotional ebbs and flows. And you're someone who's been on both sides of the fence. You are now a relocation expert realtor, but you've also been on the other side of the fence of being a a, a family who's relocated a number of times as well. And folks, I encourage you to go back to our prior episodes to hear Lindy's stories. It's a phenomenal story. But Lindy, welcome back on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thanks for having me, Jay. So Lindy, let's talk about that. Right now, I know that there, there's a lot of emotions happening uh, in the real estate world on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, you've experienced some of that recently too. So let's talk about what are the emotional ebbs and flows and why are they happening right now with so many realtors around the country? Yeah, it, it is really an interesting time, not only to be a real estate agent, um, but also to be a client. Um, and we have ups and downs. I closed on a house this week, and it was a really fun process of helping actually a client of mine who's originally from the Ukraine mm-hmm. get a house and went out over multiple offers. But there were a dozen offers, which means 11 agents 
had worked hard for free and didn't mm. get their offer accepted. On the other hand, last week I had a client that we put in an offer. They came to me after having lost numerous offers and were frustrated. Somebody had suggested they contact me, and they did. We submitted the highest offer. They have a VA loan. So he served in the, um, in the military for 20 years. Mm-hmm. He has every right to use a VA loan. Their last agent told them that they would never get an offer accepted using a VA loan. And I just don't believe in that. He, mm-hmm. he had given his service, and, and sometimes you know it's just a matter of explaining to the real estate agent on the other side how that works. And so we submitted the highest offer, mm-hmm. um, found that out, and you can actually find out where the offers stand if the seller will allow the agent to tell you. But she told us that they didn't want to accept our offer because it was a VA loan. Mm. And they accepted a cash offer, even though we offered better terms and even though the client wanted a lease back for two months. So there was no rush for them to get the house under contract or or get the house closed Mm -hmm. because they were going to be staying in it. Um, And that's so disheartening. And again, dozens of offers on this home, which again means that, you know, dozens of agents worked hours on end only to not get paid. Mm -hmm. And so I finally said, you know, maybe you need to start looking at for sale by owners or talking directly. Find a way to talk directly to the seller. And they took that to heart. And I don't recommend this necessarily, but they ended up going under contract. And funny enough, the agent who has the house listed is also the owner of the house. Oh, boy. And they did it by telling them they wouldn't use an agent. And that was going to save the seller $25,000 mm-hmm. in commissions. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. We, we have a commission structure that doesn't make sense. We have two agents standing in between the seller and the buyer. We have such a limited supply. We have such an oversupply of real estate agents. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I think until real estate agents are willing to stand up and go, you know what, this really isn't good for the consumer. It's certainly not good for us. Um, and, and find a way to, to do this better. You know, I understand the concept of supply and demand, right? We get that. But at, there has to come a certain point where there is a cap or some kind of, uh, of filter or, or, or a disciplined approach so that there isn't a gouging that, that occurs because that's really what we're starting to see now is beyond supply and demand. It's, it's bordering on, on gouging and greed. Yeah. And so this poor veteran gets, uh, you know, gets the, the short end of the stick. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I did the right thing. I didn't get paid for it. But here's the interesting thing. The, 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 the house that I had sold this week, that I closed on this week, was a much smaller commission. It was a first-time home buyer. It was a fixer-upper. Um, you know, that was just as much work, if not more, than what I did for the other client, mm-hmm. right? And yet the pay for that is, is considerably lower. And, and so there's just a disconnect. And, again, we have the problem with this oversupply of real estate agents. If I'm – Showing homes, and it takes, I saw an agent yesterday who said her 12th offer for her client was finally accepted. Do you know how many hours that means that she worked to get this $500,000 home under contract? Mm -hmm. And after the $15,000 commission on that, 15, 20% is going to her broker. If it was a referral, she's paying out another 25%. If it was relocation, she's paying out another 50%. Like she's making pennies on the hour. Mm. And so um, even though the, the commission is maybe seems high to people, it's like I said, it's just such a disconnect. And, and I, I'll have to put some of that onto NAR for just allowing. We had 100,000 new agents enter the industry wow. this last year. Wow. That's a lot of agents when you have a, a decreasing supply of homes. And, and so it's, it's, and again, I don't have any answers. It's one of the reasons that I love Selling Later, who has been a sponsor on this show. Mm-hmm. She educates consumers. She is a consumer. She's looking at it and asking hard questions. 
And again, I think that's where real estate agents have to stand in the gap and start asking those hard questions too and be willing to say, this isn't really good for anybody. I, I'm, I'm shocked that there are another 100,000 realtors in this that, that just came into this year or on the last well, year. Think about right? how many people became unemployed during the pandemic. Well, this is true. Right. And they all heard how the prices were, you know, climbing and, you know, and everything. And so, you know, and but what's interesting is that I know a few years ago, in order to sort of temper down um, the, the the amount of people that are picking up licenses, certain states, I know New York was one of them, they increased the fees to become a realtor. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, so those that really want to be in it are going to pay it. Those that are just looking for a hobby won't pay that amount of right. money. Um, but I guess that hasn't stopped people from pursuing licenses because 100,000 is a lot of people. It in is a, a lot of in, people. In, in an already saturated industry. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not that expensive to get into up front. It doesn't seem that expensive. You're spending a couple thousand dollars to be a member of, of if the NAR. In New York, you're not a member of NAR. There's another organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your, your local fees and different things. But it's the broker fees that can start to get mm. you. And then the, the cap rates that you have. Like some you have to pay 40% to the broker. Others you pay fifteen percent, but there's a cap you have to hit of twelve thousand, eighteen thousand, twenty one thousand again, depending on the broker that's being taken out of those commissions. Mm-hmm. And then there's the marketing and your website, and you know, and gas. Look at the price of gas. That's that's another factor. Absolutely. And, and so, and with relocation, I go back to that is part of the problem, and we don't have time to get into that. But that's where these relocation companies need to start rethinking how they are working with these brokerages. Again, you're coming in from California, you're moving to Dallas-Fort Worth, it's the size of Connecticut, and all of a sudden, I am no longer tethered to a physical building. Mm-hmm. I can live anywhere from Fort Worth to Forney. That's way too big of an area for any one real estate agent to cover, yet that's the way the industry expects the consumer to work, is to just work with one agent. You know, I was having a conversation with another realtor at a luncheon the other day, and you could tell that it was taking a toll these last couple of years is incredibly high bidding of, of for homes you had mm-hmm. 12 bids and and i actually heard a story that my wife shared with me that was posted on one of the pages on the facebook pages that a client a a, a buyer reached out to someone else who had put an offer in mm-hmm. and they offered that person fifty thousand <laughs> no. to withdraw their offer <laughs> that's fantastic and of course that yeah. person said no way i've got my offers right. uh, you know my offer yeah. was already accepted yeah um, but people are are buying other, well, paying or making offers to sure. people to withdraw their offers sure. and, on pricing that is already through the roof. So this realtor, she's very frustrated because she says after a while she feels bad for her own clients because she can't go back and continue to ask them, you need 5000 more. You need to bid higher. Right. And, and, and there's a pressure to do that, and most of them can't afford. And we're in this business because we love people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask any real estate agent, they get into the business because they care about people. You can't be in this business without caring about people. And so it is hard for us to see our clients doing that and waiving appraisals, waiving inspection periods, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't with a good conscience recommend that right. um, because you just don't know what you're getting into. Waiving appraisals. Right. That's And mm. now I would, if I'm, if I'm listing a home, I strongly encourage and will even pay for a, um, will pay for a, um, an inspection mm-hmm. because that way we have an inspection report. Right. We have to reveal everything we find. But then the buyers at least know what they're getting. Correct. And we don't have to worry about if they waive an inspection period. That's that's it's better for us because it puts us in the driver's seat. We know there's not going to be any further negotiating on the price. But also, I feel better for that buyer 
knowing that they they know what they're getting. You wouldn't buy a used car without a right. you know without it being certified. Right. It's a used car. Right. Why do we do that? And I can tell you exactly why we do that. That's one of the value propositions real estate agents offer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need me during the the negotiations. You need me to get you through the inspection period. Well, what if you didn't have to have one? What if that was done up front? Makes sense, but again, it it goes against the way the industry's always operated. How taxing, um, how emotionally taxing is what's happening right now, in your opinion, to most realtors? Oh, it's incredibly. Uh, you know, again, you're you've got real estate agents that are. Um, You've got real estate agents that are doing it for fun. They mm-hmm. love it. You've got people that are social media influencers. This has been a great way for them to get in and do their TikTok videos and, and different things. And then you've got the ones that have families to feed. Right. Um, and for a long time, I was paying for kids in college. My last kid gratefully graduates in May. All right. Right? So, but for a long time, it was it was the way. And for six months, my husband didn't have a job. So mm-hmm. it was it was a very vital, my business was very vital to just being able to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. And, um and so you've got this, so it's, it really depends on the agent. But for those that are paying for their family, have kids in college, have a spouse they're supporting, it's, emotional. it's hard. It's very yeah. emotional. And then for the clients, I mean, my son's in town from San Francisco this week, and my daughter sent me a photo of a $850,000 house in Nashville today that was a three-bedroom, one-bath fixer-upper. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, I don't know if we'll ever be able to own a home here. And so, you know, the cl- kids are discouraged. That's right. And then you have all kinds of things in the industry going on with the with the venture capital money. You've got these corporate buyers. You have things going on that are really against home ownership. Again, I had a Ukrainian client this week there, um, and I have a number of clients from other countries like that that um, really see that going more towards a socialistic economy mm-hmm. of home ownership not being owned by the people. So it's, it's very interesting what's happening. Now, Lindy, in our last minute here, what – why is it at this point so crucial and critical for people to reach out to individuals like yourself, not only because you have a caring heart, but you're going to give the information straight? How important <laughs> is that? You know what? It's incredibly important. You need a truth teller. You need there somebody you who is mm-hmm. not entrenched in the industry. And I don't think people are doing things, uh, meaning to do things against the consumer. They just don't know anything different or mm-hmm. they're beholden to a broker. Um, one of the things I love about real is because of the way it is, it is, it is, it's much more geared towards the consumer than a lot of brokerages are because of our splits and the way, um, the collaboration that is there. But I, I'm outside of the industry, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell the truth. My client that lost the house, they're not working with me. They can't pay me a consulting fee, but they can donate money, and so they're donating money to a cause that I love. That's wonderful. Um, it, that goes directly towards Ukrainian refugees. Um, that's wonderful. So you need a truth teller in this industry, and you're not going to get it. Not more than ever. From, yeah. yeah, not more than ever. Folks, we appreciate Lindy Chapman being here yet again to provide more value. And, Lindy, where can people track you down to, to really get to know you better and learn about your services? The um, best way to find me is on LinkedIn. You can look for the hashtag NotYourRealtor or um, ReloTalk, hashtag ReloTalk, um, Lindy at LindyChapman.com, or my website, 180Relocation.com. Folks, we appreciate Lindy being here. And, Lindy, we're going to have you back hopefully again in the future to continue to share the story of what's happening. She's become really a valuable person to our program, so we, we enjoy having her on. And, folks, that for us wraps up another fantastic week of Thrive-Minded Contact. I mentioned earlier we were jamming 10 packs. Uh, we're going to jam 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag, and I think we did that. And so make sure that you keep us on the dial for the next week. We're going to come back with some more incredible, fantastic Thrive Mining content. Until then, 
keep thriving.